Welcome to the Two Witnesses Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Caleb, journey through the story of the Bible, seeking a better understanding of God's Word and the spiritual war that rages all around us. podcast i'm michael and i'm caleb and (laughs) (laughs) oh boy nothing nothing (laughs) (laughs) we should have done this the other day yeah we should have so today we're going to be going over a very uh very largely questioned um phrase from the bible sons of god does it mean man or does it or men, or does it mean angels? Um, so you're going to be getting a peek at what Michael and my viewpoints are on that. Uh, we probably won't. We'll only get through like one verse today because the first verse of chapter two, which is where we are at, is uh, where it mentions sons of, sons of God, and we're going to be going over every instance of the phrase sons of God in the Bible and whether or not that instance in um, context talks about men or angels. Yep. Also, we forgot to mention this in the last episode, but those of you who have the ability to contact us, let us know what you think of our new theme music. Yes. It's been a while since we've actually recorded a new episode. The last episode I released was recorded quite a while ago. I had it edited. I just never released it. Um, so that doesn't have the updated theme music. Uh, but last episode and this episode do. So let us know what you think of that. Also, uh, Michael and I will be taking... We've set up a system of editing where it will be uh, going... Take, taking turns, basically, on and off. So we should be a lot more frequent with our podcasts. So... Don't expect any long breaks for a while. Yeah, hopefully. Lord willing. Mm. Uh, And then also along with that, we are going to be ending every episode with a different song. Yes. So I don't think we need to put that in there. Okay, we can get it out there. Because it's just going to, yeah, okay. All right. Anyway. So let's jump into chapter two. You want to open us in prayer? Sure, buddy. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for this day. Um, God, we just pray for anybody that have might have coronavirus in the world. We pray that you please uh, bring healing to their bodies and um, uh, help them to not give it to anybody else. Father, we just pray that you take the fear out of the world right now. A lot of people are scared of this disease, God, and it's, it's no bigger than the media is blowing it up to be, God. Um, you're bigger than it is. Even if it was huge, God, you are bigger than this disease, and I pray that you please just take it out of the world, but while it's still in the world, please use it for your will. God, we just pray that um, if it be your will, you allow us to go back to events soon, but just take this time of quarantine to get closer to you, God. Maybe that's what you're saying. Maybe you're just saying that we need to just stop Stop running on this treadmill that we've been running on and not try to fix the treadmill, but just take the time while the treadmill's broken to focus on you, Father, and to just read your word and spend more time uh, with you, God, than we have before. Um, Father, we just pray that you please be with me and Michael um, during this, this podcast. Please guide our words and our thoughts with your Holy Spirit. Please reveal a Please reveal things to us that we have not noticed before, and help us uh, properly inter- to interpret it interpret it for our audience. Uh, Lord God, we just love you so much, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are starting with Job chapter <clears throat> 2 today, and it goes like this. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. All right, back to that debate. Who are the sons of God? All right, so uh, now that we're going along that, I don't think we're going to be getting past verse one. Verse one, so be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we might spend the whole episode on verse one. All right. 
Here we go. So, okay, now the first thing I think we have to study is the first word, again. Okay. Now, what do you think again means, Michael? Uh, that this is a repetition of something we've seen before. <laughs> okay, now, this is, this, is, this is an eye-opener, guys. I want you to pay attention, okay? There was. What do you think that means, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change the podcast name to uh, <clears throat> What Michael Thinks of Things. All right. Okay, continue. <laughs> All right. So, we we decided that what we're going to do is we are going to go through every instance in which the term sons of God occurs in the Old Testament. As we talked about in one of our previous episodes, you know, it in the in the New Testament, it's a different phrase. It's a Greek phrase. It's a different language and refers to humans. But what does it refer to in the Old Testament? So, we're going to put a bookmark at Job chapter 2, and we're going to flip back to the second place that this word is used, this phrase is used. The first place, wait, wait. The first place is Genesis chapter 6, which we covered in, in episode, episode five. 5. So go back and check us out. Like and subscribe. Oh, wait, this is ain't. <laughs> this ain't YouTube. This ain't YouTube. <laughs> I'm stumbling over my words. All right, I'm sorry. Where's the second one? It's jo- Job 38, right? No, the second instance is Deuteronomy chapter 32. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that bookmark. My bad. Okay. Got it. You want right. read it or do you want to? Well... So this is going to be interesting because a lot of your Bibles are going to read very differently. Oh, yeah. So we're going to both going to read. So we're both going to read. Okay. Now, how about you read first? All right. What verse again? Uh, this is going to be verse 8. Verse 32, 8. verse 8. When the Most High divided their inheritance of the nations, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. All right. Now, are we focusing on the expression sons of Adam or children of Israel? Michael, please read your translation so we can discover if it's children of Israel or sons of Adam that means sons of God. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, which in your Bible is translated as sons Sons of of Adam, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of of God. Ding, 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 ding. All right, so we are looking at children of Israel. So, Mike, what do you have to say about that? So, first off, we're going to talk about the diff- the reason that translations are going to differ. And the answer is very simple. A lot of modern Bible translations, including the New King James uh, and the King James translation, as well as others, that I, I think the NIV as well, they are often translated from what's known as the Masoretic text, which is uh, a collection of texts. It's not the oldest, but it's one of the sets of texts that we've had, manuscripts that we've had around for the longest period of time, uh, that we've known about for the longest period of time, if that makes sense. Anyway, in the Masoretic text, it reads Sons of Israel. But if you go to the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Septuagint, So here, I'm going to read the Septuagint, verse 8. When the Most High distributed nations, as he scattered the sons of Adam, he set up boundaries for the nations according to the number of the angels of God. Oh, direct translation. And if we look at what the Septuagint is, the Septuagint, for those of you who do not know, is the ancient uh, Greek translation of the Hebrew Hebrew, um, Old Testament. Testament. Sorry, my brain fuddled for a second there so basically they had this was a culture that back then they had the like the original copy or close to the original copy copy very close to the original copy of the old testament so their translation uh, they're basically the interpreters for us because they understood uh hebrew better than we do um and we understand Greek better than we understand Hebrew. So they um, they basically act as interpreters because they had a closer version and 
we have their version that was close to the closer version, which is a lot closer than our version, which is not close to the close version of close closeness. <laughs> if that made any sense. Yeah. So the Septuagint was a Greek translation made by Jewish scholars about 200 years before Jesus's day. And this was actually the translation of the scripture. If if you look at when Jesus and the apostles quote the, the Old Testament in the New Testament, very often the version and the way they phrase things is the way that the Septuagint is phrased. So they this is the version of the Bible that they were most familiar with because most people spoke Greek back then. And again, you know, the... Jews understood the a little bit better the culture and you know some of the subtext that we miss in the modern English and so they were able to translate it into Greek in a way that shows their understanding for example the fact that they do not say sons of God in Deuteronomy 32:8 they say angels of God because that was what they understood that it meant. Yes. So, ding, ding, ding. One point for angels, zero points for mankind. All right. Moving on to the next instance, which is Psalm 29. Nope. Job 38. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I forgot. I flipped there in the Septuagint, and the Septuagint puts Psalms before Job. Don't ask me why. No, oh, yeah. It just does. All right, so Job 38. Let me just get there in all of these. Job 38, verse 7. Job 38, verse 7. Would you like to read that? Yes. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. All right, look at it in context. Go to the verse right before it and go to the verse right after it, okay? To what were its foundations fastened, or who laid its corners? Yeah, you're right. Four. Okay. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have any understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of glory, or sons of God, shouted for joy. Okay, okay, so right there it's talking about when God was creating the earth. Right. When God was laying the foundation, which means man was not created yet. Because if you go back to Genesis, you can see that man was like one of the last things created. Yeah. Everything was created before man, for man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means that when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, if man did not exist then, then the sons of God... Who are they? It's not God, because it's the sons of God. Mm-hmm. So what else existed then that was a living thing? Angels. That's it. Yep. Now, if you look at the Septuagint again, uh, starting again at verse 4, where were you when I established the earth? Just tell me if you are capable of understanding. Who assigned its measurements, if you know? Or who was it who laid a measuring string upon it? Upon what were its rings established? And who was it who placed a cornerstone upon it? When the stars came into being, all of my angels praised me with a great voice. Boom. Yep. Uh, Also, um, for those of you who are interested, stars in the uh, Old Testament and throughout Middle Eastern culture often refer to to angels or gods, which again, you know, falls under those heavenly beings. So these were spiritual entities, the morning stars and the sons of God. Yes. All right. And the next instance, oh, by the way, what's our score so far? Oh, sorry. Ding, 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 ding. Angels, two points, mankind, zip. All right. Psalm 29. One. All right. This Give is, unto the. Sorry, go ahead. This one is again going to be somewhere somewhere where translations are going to differ greatly because the words can be translated a couple different ways. So bear with us. If your Bible does not say the same thing, don't worry. We're not adding or subtracting from the Bible. Right. So, 
Alright, give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. What do you got, Michael? Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. O heavenly beings. Mm -hmm. That's in the Septuagint? Or? No, this is in the ESV. ESV. And if for mighty ones, O you mighty ones, uh, mighty one is a term that can refer back to Genesis chapter 6. Yes. If you go to uh, the side note for that verse in my study Bible, it says, see note on Genesis 6 too. Yep. <laughs> and that's where we first discussed what the sons of God were. Yep. So. yep. Now, in the Septuagint, it says, bring to the Lord, O children of God, bring to the Lord offspring of rams, which slightly different translation there children of god but you know children sons not a whole lot of difference they don't you know, you know i'm thinking about something right now hmm. so before we've mentioned that i mean we haven't said it, said it in the podcast i don't think but we've talked about it amongst amongst our friends nowhere in the, we've said before that nowhere in the bible does do angels is there a gender attributed to angels we just assume because of the names are like male like names like gabriel or Michael. But if these are angels, it says sons of God. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, I don't know. There could be daughter or female angels. I have no clue, but I'm just saying this is an example of a gender attributed to an angel. That is true. Although you also have to keep in mind that the term sons of, you know, just like the masculine, you know, just like man yeah. can refer in general to both male and female categorically. True, yeah. You know, mankind. Okay. So it could just mean offspring. True. Yeah. You know, and there are actually some cases in the Bible where uh, sons will be translated into our English as children of, for example, sons of Israel becoming children of yeah. Israel. Okay. Oh, and something I forgot to mention about the Deuteronomy 32 passage. When God divided up the nations, that is referring to the Tower of Babel. Now, the nation of Israel did not exist at that point. Wait, 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 that's referring to the yeah you're right. That's referring to the Tower of Babel, when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations. When He separated the sons of Adam, He set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the children of Israel. So the boundaries that would be like different languages, right? Different languages, different nations. Yeah. Um, uh, when you in in my version it says when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when He divided mankind, He fixed the borders of the peoples according to the numbers of the sons of God. Now, here's the interesting thing. So first off, do you know how many nations there are in the Table of Nations, which we covered in Genesis 11, I think it was. Do you know how many nations there are? How many? 70. Okay. Do you know how many sons of El there were in Sumerian mythology? How many? 70. <gasps> Oh, conspiracy theory. Yes. Right. Now, uh, and if you follow this with the next verse uh, in Deuteronomy 32, but the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. So basically what it's saying is that God divided up the nations and put an angel over each nation, but he is the God of Israel. These yeah. other gods, they're for the other nations. They're not for Israel. He is the God of Israel. Yeah. And so the question is, you know, like when he did that, were the angels fallen at the time? Or did they suddenly decide they wanted to be worshipped and then fell gradually? Maybe. You know? Um, here's a point I want to make. 
So we're we're basically trying to decide whether sons of God are angels or man. Blah 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 blah. So if you put if you say that the sons of God, so right here in this verse, it's children of Israel, means man. Then we know that sons of Adam, because Adam was a man, and the sons of a man is a man. So we know that's man for sure. There's no question about that one. There's no. So if you reread the verse, substituting both for man, because you think both are men, when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when he separated, when he separated men, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of men. That doesn't make well, sense. And also, why would he give them two different names? Titles in the same well, sentence. Children of Israel refers to a specific group of men, is the thing. That would be the twelve tribes. Oh yeah. But, oh yeah, you're true. You're, yeah, that's right. But that's right. again, why would God? Why would it say that God divided them according to the number of a people that did not even exist yet? This was before Abraham was born. Oh yeah, true. Okay, so you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob who becomes Israel, and then Israel. You know, we're like five generations away from the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. All anyway, right. back to, let's see, we finished up with Psalm 29. Okay, so that is three points for angels, zero points for men. Yep. Next one is Psalm 82, verse 1. All right. Or sorry, not verse 1, verse 6 is the essential point, but I want to read the entire psalm, because this is a really cool psalm. And this one is probably going to take the longest out of all of the ones. Oh yeah. Yes. Alright. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods, sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all the nations. All right, first of all. Let's go to verse one. We're gonna. I'm gonna go to a little bit of a different topic, right? If you don't mind. Not at um, all. Just be, this is just the, something I noticed. So God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Right there, the Bible tells us that there are other gods. Right. But our view of gods is like it's it's small g. So it's like they've got immense power. Like it's like. I don't know how to put this. Um, our view of no, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this to so Christianity is not a poly, polytheistic religion. Right. We do not worship multiple gods. We do not worship multiple gods. Nor do we believe. I mean, nor do we believe in multiple gods. Let me explain that in a sec. Because you look at these other religions, like say, uh, what's the, what's the what's the religion of Egypt called? It's just Egyptian. Yeah. Something like uh, Egyptian, all right? We look at Egyptian, okay? They literally have so many gods, they can't... They forget some. There's so many gods they've forgotten about because they've... They, 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 this god made this little grain of dirt, and this god made this rock, and this god... And so on, okay? But Michael made a good point earlier. Um, they count all of those gods worthy of worship. And I think what they've done... Is, is Christianity, I think gods in the Bible, if we just looked at the Bible and we had no other knowledge of the word God from anywhere else, um, it's just another name for angels. Right. It, it's, it's, they're no bigger than other, it's not like they're above, I think, I think other religions place those gods under big God, but above angels. Mm -hmm. But, but I, I think the Bible says they're the same thing. I think angels are the gods, and, mm -hmm. and, um, but, but we're not a polytheistic religion because they choose to worship those gods. Mm -hmm. We only choose to worship the one God, right. and we see those, go those gods as what they are. We see them as angels. Right. Um, it's, 
So first off, you know, we English speakers, we've gotten it in our minds that God is a proper name. Yeah. So therefore, if there are multiple gods, you know, then that throws everything all out of whack. Mm -hmm. But the word translated Elohim, it's been said that what it is, is it's simply a representation of the the realm that they inhabit. It's it's a designation of place. You know, like you know, being called an American means that you live in America or you come from America. Yeah. Okay. Elohim, gods, come from the spirit realm. Yeah. And in fact, Samuel, the ghost of Samuel, when he's called up in first Samuel, uh, near the end, I forget exactly where, he is described as a god. Because God simply means a spirit being, a, a resident of the spiritual world. Yeah. Uh, but not all Elohim are Yahweh. Yeah. You know, it's been said that Jesus is his name, or Jehovah, or right. Yahweh. Right. But because he is a resident of the spiritual realm, he is he is a he is a God, but. But because he's the god, or he's the big guy, right? He's capital G, right? It's also been said, you know, it's been compared to all. Everyone who lives in America is an American, but not all Americans are the president. Yeah, the president is an American, but not all Americans are the president. Mm -hmm. You know, God is an Elohim, but not all Elohim are Yahweh. None of them are right. Yeah. One of them is. Well, I mean, one of, yeah, that's true. Yeah. My bad. Or three of them, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that That's confusing. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, also, Caleb's version uses a word that I like a little bit more than my version. Uh, so mine says, God has taken his place in the divine council. Would you read the first line of yours? God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Thank you. Now, a lot of times when you see the congregation throughout the Old Testament, that's referring to, to the, the heavenly council. Right. Right. And so you'll see things like, I will take my stand in the congregation, in the Psalms, and that's referring to the divine council. Mm -hmm. God's throne room. Yeah. So, uh, now oh. another point, you are God's sons of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die. If real they... quick, real quick. Let's go to what you just said. So, um, the congregation, the heavenly council. So, there's a fourth point for angels mm -hmm. and zero points for men. Mm -hmm. All right, back to what you were just saying. Sorry. So, this is verse six and seven? Yes. Yes. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. All right. If they're men, why would he tell them that they're going to die like men? Yeah, exactly. Good one, Michael. Good catch. All right, so I said you are gods. So he, he's announcing, he's telling the angels that they are gods. That's that's like basically just telling them what they are. You are like, Michael, you are a human. <laughs> Philip, you are a human. I don't or, know. Or, <laughs> or going into a room full of kings and saying, you are kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. this. He, he, sa he said, you are gods. You have authority. You are... You are... Something, okay? And, um, and all of you are children of the Most High. So he's... Yeah, like you were, like you were just saying. You are this, but you're not as much as you think you are. Um, but even though you are this... You shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. So like he just said, if they are men, how will they die like men? He wouldn't be telling them that. They know they're going to die like men. Also, he wouldn't have to tell them that they're going to die because they know they're going to die. But angels would not think that they are going to die. Yes, and if you look at the context, if you look at the context, he's coming into this divine council. You know, like, this is, these are the gods that he's put over the nations. Mm. And he's coming into this. And he says, okay, you guys are doing wrong. You know, I put you over the nations. You're supposed to judge rightly. You're supposed to lead them. You're supposed to judge them. You're supposed to govern them. Why aren't you doing these things? Why are you judging unjustly and showing partiality to the wicked? Why won't you give justice to the weak and the fatherless and the afflicted and the destitute? Why are you doing these things? And because you are doing these things, 
you are going to die. This is your sentence. Yes. Here's something. Okay, so I think that was about two or three points there. So what are we at, seven? Seven points for angels, zero points for men. Here's a big whopper, okay? Why would he say to men, and when has God ever said to man, you are a god? Yeah. When has he ever called men gods? Ever. Yeah. And I don't have it in front of me, but I would be willing to bet that he says, you are Elohim. Yep. Yeah. Here, let's see. Um, You are gods. Yeah, I can't find it. It's not in here. I was checking my notes. Yeah, hang on. Let me see. So there's eight points. No, I'm going to count three points for that one. (laughs) So we're at ten points for angels, zero points for men. One second while I look this up in Strong's because I want to be sure of what I'm saying here. Psalms 82, verse 6. Yep. Yep. Elohim. You are Elohim. All right. Now, I want to read this. So, so yeah, and the Septuagint basically says the same thing. God stood in the assembly of the gods, and in the middle he judges the gods. And you are gods, and all, ch- and all are children of the Most High. But now you die as humans, and as one of the rulers you fall. Yeah. So, next we have... Psalm 89. 89.6? Yes. For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who in the heavens? Who in the heavens? Is man in the heavens? Is that what we're talking about here, Michael? No, it's not. Who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? So, it's basically saying the same thing in two different ways. Right there. Who in the heavens and who among the sons of the mighty? So, the sons of the... Yeah, yeah. Sons of the mighty and who in the heavens. All right, all right. Michael, what you got for me, buddy? All right, so in my version, it says, For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all who are around him. Now, over here in the Septuagint, For who in the clouds will be likened to the Lord? And who will be likened to the Lord among the sons of God? God is glorified in the council of holy ones. He is great and awesome upon all those who are around him. Once again, that's really hard to say that that's men. Yes, 11 points for... Um, angels. Angels. I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Mm. Oh my gosh. Wait, 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 wait. How many markers we got? Uh... How many markers did we have, you mean? How many, how many markers did we have? How many locations in the Bible did we go to? Yeah. Um, one sec. Let me see. While I look at the list. So, the phrase... Oh, I forgot about Daniel 3.25. It's fine. Just real quick. How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Gosh, nine. Disappointment. Shows up we, nine wait, times. Wait, wait. We went to nine, though? How many did we go to? Uh... Just now, oh, let's see, we have not gone to Daniel, and we did not cover Job 1.6, so we covered 6. Never mind, I was going to make some joke about number of completion, because I, I added a bunch of random extra points just for the sake of us being right, and I think if I had just done it one point at a time, it would have added up to 7, but yeah. then we have the extras, so never mind. Well, See though, we had a ruin. We are my... about to go to Daniel three twenty five. Daniel three twenty five. Got you, bro. Which we did not mark beforehand because I forgot about it, but that's okay. Daniel three twenty five. After Ezekiel, right? Yes. No. no. Maybe. Eze- <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's right after Ezekiel. I think. Okay. Three twenty five, and now I'll go. Yes. All right. 
And I'm going to go there in Septuagint as well. <gasps> I just thought of something. What? Real quick. Mm-hmm. Notice? Wait, wait, okay, so the last the, the last church we had, the last um, church we had, he went over chapter 3, right, of Daniel? Mm-hmm. Okay, then it starts to get more in-depth with end times and prophecy. And then what happened? Quarantine strikes. Yeah. I think that was Satan. Not not Satan. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying. I. I don't know. That I don't. That's not what I meant. I'm. I think that. I don't. I don't think that Satan made the quarantine. I think. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying the the fact that it lines up that as soon as we're going into end time stuff, stuff that we need need to know to be prepared for it, all this gets shut down and. A lot of us can't view it because we we don't have very good internet at home. But he's still going over it. So by the time we come back, it'll he'll probably be done with it, and then we'll have missed something that Satan would have wanted us to miss. All right. So Daniel three twenty five. Okay, three twenty five. Uh, you want to read that? Yes. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And in the form, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Wait, the Son of God. That's it's capital S, that's Jesus. Yes, but that is a translation. If you look... Oh, my note says the Aramaic phrase here, meaning Son of the Gods, is akin to the Hebrew phrase Son of God, Son of God which is generally a reference to spiritual beings sent from God. The man was a divine being sent to render service to the three Hebrew youths. The fourth man in the furnace has been variously identified as an unidentified angel, Gabriel, the pre-incarnate Christ, or God himself. Okay, that's a different thing. But Yep. But, now if you read it in my translation, it says, the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Which, again, important thing to remember is that in Hebrew... And kind of carrying over some of the other languages, there is no singular form for God; it is always plural. Okay, so let's get it in this, the Septuagint, which in is the, the Greek translation. The Greek translation. Uh, look, I see four. I see four unbound men walking about in the fire, and no harm has come to them. And the outward appearance of the fourth is similar to an angel of God. <laughs> oh man! Yep, got you there, man. Yep. All right, so that is twelve points. That's also another significant number in the Bible. Yep. And that's 12 points for angels and zip, nada, zero, zilch, R2-D2, C-3PO, I'm just naming, uh, points for men. So, is 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 that the end of it? That is all the references I have here, but... Okay. So, some people might wonder, like, what does this really matter? Like, is there really any point to... Does it really matter whether it's men or angels? Mm-hmm. I mean, your salvation does not hinge upon whether or not you believe that it was angels or men. Yes. You know, but it's interesting to look at and wonder about. And also... Also, it is there for a reason. Jesus yes. said not one jot or one tittle will pass away, but will by any means pass away. Yes. Which means that every single mark, even the commas, which could be a little bit messed up because of the English translation. But if we're reading Hebrew Old Testament and Greek New Testament, everything in, is in there for a purpose, including all the little donkey marks and yep. stuff. Yep. Uh, it's also been said that if it's in the Bible and it's weird, it's important. Yes. And everything's weird in the Bible. Yes. Now, Especially the Revelation. other thing is that knowledge of the sons of God being angels, actually carries over in some interesting ways in the New Testament. So, Matthew something? Matthew chapter 16, okay. verse... Well, I'm going to read. I won't look I'm, at it. And then I'm going to explain some stuff to Caleb, and he's going to just he's probably going to blow his mind. Okay, um, I'm also going to blow the mic. Yeah, <laughs> just as a warning. So I'm going to pull it away from my face. All right. So, first off, a little what, bit of... What verse? I'm not gonna I, I won't look, I promise. Okay. I'm going to give you some background. So this is happening 
right after the transfiguration on the mount. Okay. Um, dun, dun, dun. Is that's that's the setting. Uh, well, not wait, not wait, here wait where again? Where again? This is uh, Matthew chapter sixteen. No, which no, no, is... no, 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 no. Where, where's the setting? The Mount of Transfiguration. No, 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 no. Just say the transfiguration. Just say the transfiguration. The transfiguration. On the mount. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. I so I think that. it's in Mark that this scene takes place right after the transfiguration. Okay. But anyway. On the mount. Dun, yes. dun, dun. Now, there is some debate about where exactly the transfiguration took place. On the mount. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. You, you <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> But some, one of the possible locations is Mount Hermon. Now, Mount Hermon was on the <laughs> is, I'm sorry, go ahead. Is the mountain where according to tradition the angels of Genesis 6 descended to swear an oath. <laughs> Enoch vibes right now, dude. Yeah. So then, so first off Jesus goes up to that mountain to be transfigured. This place where the angels swore an oath and fell. Okay? okay. Now, they come down from the mountain. Okay. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says this. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, here's the interesting thing. At the foot of Mount Hermon, there is a cave. This is the cave that the Jordan River comes out of. It is the source of the Jordan River. This cave is known as the Grotto of Pan. Okay? For those of you who don't know, Pan was a Greek god. I didn't know that. He was a satyr, or a fawn, which means that he was half goat, half man. Like Tumnus. Yes, exactly <laughs> like Tumnus. But here's the important thing. The Grotto of Pan was believed to be a gateway to the underworld. When Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, they were standing in front of the gates of hell. Oh my gosh, dude! And the demons were probably watching this. <laughs> okay, so they're just standing there. They're talking very quietly, right? And then Jesus just knows the demons are standing right there. So he says it extra loud. <clears throat> okay, let's just let's just reenact this. Michael's a demon, okay? Not really, but I hope not. Michael's a demon, okay? And Jesus is talking. He says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood does not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You get that? <laughs> you won't. <laughs> oh, man. That's great, dude. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. God's got a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, we would be going back to... Uh, Job, but uh, we're at 48 minutes now. Oh, no. That ain't good. <laughs> We've gone way over. Yes, but that we was, have. But that was fun. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So this has been a really long episode. Yes, it has. Um, way longer than our normal episodes, but I think it was really fun. Like I enjoyed this a lot. Yes. And we will be back to our normal Schedule. Regular scheduled program. Yes, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program next time. Oh, also, I just want to make a point that um, we have a winner, Michael. Drum roll, please. Angels win with a whopping score of 12 to 0 against men. 
I don't think you can find anything in the Bible that will uh, back that side up. So yeah, yeah. E- even with the questionable ones where you can question it, like in Genesis six, which, by the way, is one of the few places where what sons of God actually means is debated. Yeah. Like everywhere else, people pretty much accept it as angels. So why would you? Yeah. Why, why would, would it mean anything different the first time it's written? Right. And if it means something different the first time, then why would it mean this other thing every other time? Yeah. Human doesn't mean a different thing every time you say it. Human. Human. Both times. First time I meant man. Second time I meant lollipop. Okay. <laughs> That's the last time I have a conversation with this guy. <laughs> you can never tell what he actually means. Hmm. Anyway. So... We got through uh, one verse. One verse. <laughs> no, we didn't even focus on the verse, though. No, we didn't. We literally really. just focused on three words. Yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. Um, but we forgot to go over again, and there was, and the. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> How will we close in prayer? You. Yeah. All right. Lord, thank you for this time that Caleb and I have gotten to spend together going through your word and looking at and discussing aspects of it that are hotly debated. You know, there are people who would literally get in a fistfight over something like this. <laughs> and, and really, like, that, that's silly. You would get a misfit over this dude. <laughs> Just fill up and faster Kim going at it. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But there are people for whom things like this are such a huge deal, and it's not. You know? It's fun to talk about and research and look at. But ultimately, whether or not we're going to heaven does not depend on something like this. It doesn't depend on this or on our view of the rapture, when it happens, if it happens. It doesn't depend on things like that. All it, de- all it depends on is whether or not we've given our life over to you. Help us to, to keep that in mind. You know, to, to keep things in perspective. And not get in a big fight over something that really doesn't matter, ultimately. You know, it's fun to talk about. It's really interesting to look at it and look at all the different ramifications of what that means. But ultimately, you know, we'll get to heaven and we'll find out exactly what was going on. And I'm certain that every single one of us is going to be wrong in some way. You know, we're going to get things wrong. We all get things wrong one way or another. None of us has perfect doctrine. So Lord, help us to remember that and help us to, to be humble about it. And in this time of fear and doubt and chaos, help us to trust you. Help us to remember that we do not need to fear because we have a God who is greater than all of this. Who is... It says in the Bible that pestilence and famine and war, they follow your commands. They do what you tell them to do. Even if Satan, as the God of this world, is, let it, is causing things like this to happen, it only happens because you let it. We saw in Job, that Satan was only able to do things to Job because God let him. And God doesn't let things happen to us for no reason. There is a purpose behind this. Caleb and I have both seen how how God is using this quarantine in our lives to help us grow, to help us realize things that we would have missed in the bustle and the noise of regular everyday life. 
We need the quiet sometimes. And God's giving it to us, you know. Help us to use it. Help us to see how God wants us to use it. How you want us to use it. Help us to lean on you, Lord. In all of our fears and doubts, the stress and the confusion and the frustration. Thank you. Thank you for always being here for us. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. That you are with us even to the end of the age. Thank you for your word. Preserved for us. Passed down for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Very long episode. Yes. And until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Caleb. And this has been The, the Two, Two Witnesses. Witnesses.